Today, I'll talk to you about Dylan Cease's 2021 season and tell you why I think he's the most interesting piece of the White Sox rotation on today's episode of Locked On Sox. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sox. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Locked On Sox. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. First off, I want to apologize because today is December 16th, 2021. Hopefully this is getting to you, uh, to, to everyone that listens to the podcast right at midnight. Uh, if you are a person that listens early in the morning, right when the episode drops, um, I first need to apologize because yesterday's episode for Wednesday, December 15th did not go up until about 2 p.m. I apologize. I had it recorded and done and everything. It was the quickest episode I recorded. Uh, I had it done and ready all by 5 p.m. yesterday. I thought I put it up to schedule and publish at midnight, and it did not. Uh, so I really do apologize for the technical difficulties in yesterday and not getting you, you to the podcast uh, at, at the time I typically promise it. Uh, so I do apologize for missing that deadline. On today's podcast, though, for Thursday, December 16th, we'll be talking about Dylan Cease. I think he's the most interesting piece in the White Sox rotation for 2022. And when I say interesting, I think mainly because the stats will be very interesting. His performance will be very interesting. I will be tuned in and probably honed into more Dylan C starts than probably any other pitcher outside of Michael Kopech um, or if Garrett Crochet gets any starts, right? I, I, he is such an interesting player in my mind. There are a lot of stats that show that he might be the best pitcher in the White Sox rotation. This rotation is extremely deep, one to four. Giolito, Lynn, Kopech, and Cease. And I know Kopech doesn't have the starts or the resume you'd like yet, but we did see 2021. And that stuff plays. I was watching, I've, I've been watching a lot of, and this is where we'll get into a little bit of White Sox therapy and what's wrong with Sean, uh, just briefly. Um, but I've been staying up late. I, I It's a bad habit, but it's tied to my ADHD and I don't have ADHD. I just assume I have ADHD. It's probably very likely I have ADHD. Um, but I was staying up late uh, watching NFL films because what else would a 24-year-old do? Uh, watching NFL films, top 10s, you know? And I was watching r- top 10 rookie performances of all time. And a point was made that you know when a running back is good because they're able to run through the holes that their linemen create. That's just the, the most, that's the best trait for any running back. If you're not able to hit those holes, you're not going anywhere. You're going to be stopped behind the line. And with Michael Kopech, you can just see that if you're able to miss bats like him, if you're able to throw 98 and people aren't able to see or 100 miles per hour, 101 mile, mile per hour, and guys are just missing it completely, you know, that's going to continue. That's, that's going to play at the MLB level no matter what. So I have no worries about saying that Michael Kopech will be good in 2022. His stuff is phenomenal. It's about can he be a starter? Can he go the distance? And can he build up that stamina that a starter needs? And it's going to be interesting to watch that. But Dylan Cease, I think, has this true dynamite potential that he started to scratch late in 2021. And I'm really excited to talk to you about it today. I think he could be the best piece of the rotation in 2022. 
Also, in my closet here, I made a, a change to my furniture. I took my girlfriend's uh, little makeup podium, and I think it's made out of suede, uh, maybe velvet. And when I move, it makes a little... Right? So if you hear that, um, that's me adjusting, and it's not me um, passing flatulence. So just want to put that out there, that, that, that that's happening, that it's making that noise, and my mic might pick it up. So, you know, just between us, we're cool. You don't have to worry. It's just, I, you know, it's just the chair. Relax. But Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease's arsenal is something I need to rave about. And it's something that I gave to Matt Spiegel uh, for hit and run back in like May or something when people, or I think it was April, uh, when people were really freaked out. But I want to go back to it just to put it in context of how good his stuff really is. You look at his fastball when we're talking about active spin here from Baseball Savant, uh, you look at the spin on his fastball. Uh, it's measured in RPMs, rotations per minute, and his RPMs on his fastball are above 2,500. And he's eighth in the MLB with his actual rotation per minute stat. For his slider, he's above 2,800 rotations per minute. He's fourth in the MLB uh, in active spin on his slider. He's got a middle-of-the-road changeup, but it's his fourth pitch. He's got three plus-plus-plus pitches. Um, really, really fantastic. And we go to the curveball, the last of that great pitch. Um, it's, his RPMs are above 2,700. He's got the 23rd most spin on his curveball in the MLB. And you take a look at the players that have above 2,500 RPM on their fastball, 2,800 RPM on their slider, and 2,700 RPM on their curve. It is Dylan Cease, NL Cy Young, 2021 award winner, Corbin Burns, Julio Urias, who we talked about recently on the podcast about how he was almost a White Sox. That's a game, uh, that's a 20 game winner uh, in 2021, and he finished seventh in the NL Cy Young. And finally, the last player is the uh, disgraced Dodgers pitcher who is on administrative lead for committing a crime uh, in the former Cy Young uh, in 2020. So, four players there Dylan Cease, Corbin Burns, Julio Urias, and the player who won the 2020. Cy Young Award. Dylan Cease has truly elite, elite stuff. He is in a category that is only made up of four players. His stuff is disgusting. You look at Michael Kopech, his, his fastball is better than Dylan Cease's, but he doesn't have the slider curve to go along with it. He has a phenomenal slider, Michael Kopech does, but he doesn't have those three brilliant pitches like Dylan Cease has. And yet, after saying all of that, I still wanted to send Dylan Cease down to the minors after his fourth start in 2021. After his first four games, he pitched 17 and one-third innings, gave up 18 hits, eight earned runs, 12 walks. He gave up three walks in every single one of those four games, 20 Ks, a 4.15 ERA, and a 4.44 FIP. And he said after his last start in that stretch on April 23rd versus the Rangers, I'm going to switch my focus a little bit more to kind of aim small, miss small, and just basically have that as my mindset and attack with my pitches. And I think we actually have to give some credit there to Michael Kopech and Lance Lynn for him switching that focus because the focus, and we'll talk about this later, worked. He, he, he switched his focus and he get, got immediate results uh, from it. But I think you have to credit 
Lance Lynn and Michael Kopech. Because after Kopech's outing on April 14th, just nine days before uh, C said that he had to switch his focus, he said, it's just like most situations, just doing what you can control, Kopech said. If there's runners on, your job is still primarily to get that out at the plate. His mindset in the situation, I'm on attack. I've talked to a few guys about that, Kopech said. I talked to Lance a bit after his shutout Thursday against the Royals. The ability to go out and attack every pitch, it puts you in control. And I think Kopech was learning how to be a reliever, and that was part of learning how to attack with his pitches. But it's also what made Michael Kopech's 2021 so electric, was that he was throwing 101, and he was throwing 86 off the plate with his slider competitively. He was making competitive pitches each and every time he went out there. Dylan Cease, through his first four starts, had a first pitch strike percent of 39.2%. That was the worst in the MLB. A bad season for somebody, according to first pitch strike percentage, is around like 52. So Dylan Cease was getting a first strike basically one in every three hitters he faced in April. That's not good, Bob, right? But he slowly and quietly became great. We'll talk about his bi-monthly splits next here on Locked on Sox. Have you been hearing about Stance Apparel lately? I know I've seen them pop up in my favorite video games like MLB The Show, NBA 2K. I've always thought they were really cool and look cool on my players in the game. And now they're the coolest gift you can give. They have a new line of active apparel. Their stuff is comfortable. It's well made. Stance socks and apparel will make you stand out. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborations for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you should wear should be a direct extension of who you are. You're listening to Locked On Socks right now, and they have collaborations with Major League Baseball. You can go and buy your own White Sox Stance socks right now. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code Locked On at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a less ordinary life with Stance. I listened back to that last segment and it, it did sound pretty cherry so again i it is the chair i swear to god i mean i'm i'm doing my best to minimize my movement here but it's still clanging around also um i I gave matt spiegel those stats back in april but then i've updated them Uh, the original stats i think also included garrett richards for the spin stats about having uh 2500 plus rpm uh 2800 plus rpm on your slider and plus 2700 rpm on your curve uh that list shrunk when I originally gave it to Matt uh, back around April. Uh, now it's it's just those four players, Dylan Cease, Corbin Burns, Julio Urias, and uh, him who shall not be named. Also, to continue on my ADHD point, uh, this took me about, in this podcast, about like three hours to research, and I don't know where the time went. I looked up and I was like, oh, I'm going to record it. I think it was originally four, and then it became slowly 440. And then I was like, oh, I'll record at 5. And then my, I just got a text from my girlfriend. Realized it was 5.40 p.m. So I am just really uh, losing time here. So I hope that my ADHD at least allows me to provide you clear thoughts because I need to 
clearly tell you how good Dylan Cease was. And I think we have some interesting bi-monthly splits that I'd like to talk about to you here now. Uh, Odd way to phrase that, but let's talk about his bi-monthly splits. In April to May, he made 10 starts. And honestly, they were surprisingly great. I mentioned how bad he was in April, uh, at least to start in those first four games. But like I alluded to, after he mentions how he was going to change his mindset and start missing small, he followed up those first four bad games with a shutout in the second game of a doubleheader against Detroit. Uh, Seven innings, three hits, no walks, six Ks. He was phenomenal. And in April and May, he made 10 starts. And I thought, again, he was surprisingly great when I look back at these numbers. I thought he was really, really bad. I thought I thought he should be sent down to the minors uh, after his first four starts. But over those 10 starts uh, from April to May, a 2.98 ERA, a 3.31 FIP. Again, 10 games started. He threw 51 and a third innings, 39 hits allowed, 17 earned runs, 26 walks, 66 Ks, and hitters had a sub 300 slugging percentage against him. So he was limiting the long ball and he reined in those walks, right? First four starts, he allowed 12 walks. And in those last six, he allowed 14. We'll do a little math on the podcast and you get a little four when you do, when you subtract 26 and 12. Uh, 14, he allowed in his last six starts uh, in April and May, uh, only 14. Compare that to the first four, uh, it was 12. And what I really loved to see was his first pitch strike change. Through his first four starts again, it was 39.2%. It's like one in every third. If he continued it, it would have been the worst season in MLB history, and it wouldn't be close. But from May to October, you exclude those first four stats, from May to October, Cease was 27th in the MLB. Yay! Not great, but also really good for his standards. It went up to 60.3%, which is, if that was a full season, that would be a fine first pitch strike percent. That would be a very, very good percentage for him to stick at. So Dylan Cease found that consistency that he really needed. And I think a lot of it was balance. I think Stoney talked a lot about, on the broadcast, his balance was a little bit off. And this is a guy that really does a lot of yoga. He really likes to keep his mindset clean. So a lot of it was making sure the balance was right, but also the mindset was right. I think a lot of parts, he's trying to nip edges. This guy needs to realize, and I think he started to realize, that just throw it over the plate. No one can hit it. Your stuff's nasty. And I think he's really starting to realize that. And the first pitch strike just helps him out so much. When you can get ahead of hitters, you start to control and take control of the at-bat. And Dylan C started to do that more from May to October. We go next to June, July. His June was very interesting. He had a rough start against Cleveland to start. Then he had another dominant start in Detroit and a second start in June. Then he followed up with a start in Detroit and a back-to-back. So, you know, in those five games, they had a stretch against Detroit that included a home series against Detroit and an away series against Detroit. He had a mixed game in that second second game against Detroit, his third game in June. Then he blew up in Houston. And there was a question for me because on June 14th, they announced the substance ban was going to be taking place on June 21st. And you look back at the way that spin rates were affected over that time, right when the announcement was made, it seemed like teams started weaning off the sticky stuff. And he absolutely blew up in Houston. And maybe blow up is too strong a verbiage here because he had a worse start 
against Cleveland. I brushed over that Cleveland start, but his first start in June against Cleveland was terrible. It was worse than the Houston start. That Houston start saw him go three and one-thirds, give up four hits, allow seven runs, six of them earned, two walks, and four strikeouts. Right, His Cleveland start was worse. Same amount of innings, gave up four more hits, allowed the same amount of earned runs, gave up one less walk, but struck out two less. He gave up the same amount of home runs. Like, I think just the Houston thing was so much bigger because the White Sox and that narrative at the time, and still continued to be the narrative after the season, was they couldn't win against good teams. And Dylan Cease can only beat the Tigers, and he's only good against bad teams. So that was the narrative there. But all throughout June and July, his numbers were probably the worst on the season. But seven of his 11 starts in June and July were average or better according to game score. And... In those 11 games he started, he threw 57 and a third innings, 58 hits allowed, 33 earned runs. That one's tough. 33 earned runs allowed, 18 walks, 17 Ks, 5.1 ERA, and a 3.90 FIP. And if you're wondering what FIP is, fielding independent pitching, and it just tries to see how much skill you have as a pitcher. And, you know, it's it's related in a way to ERA. At least that's how I view it. I could be wrong in how I'm viewing it. But 3.90 is is decent. It, it's basically saying without fielding and without, you know, taking out the element of ba- an important element of baseball, uh, your ERA would be around 3.9, which isn't terrible for especially for a guy that my ideal way of him to pitch is be in the zone a ton. And especially with his velocity, if he leaves one out over the plate, it's going to get tatted. I'm fine with Dylan Cease giving up home runs. It's the walks that drive me crazy. And he heard that. And for my birth month in August, he gave me a big reward. And all the White Sox fans, a big reward. He helped himself out. In August, in September, and October, it was the best, by far, the best bi-monthly stretch he had. August, September, and October. He was fifth in strikeouts in the MLB with 88 Ks. But he was first in K per nine at 13.8. I mean, it's it's truly what his potential is, is being the strikeout king of the major leagues. He needs his innings pitch to go up for that to happen. Again, he was fifth in the MLB uh, with 88 Ks. But you look at the rate stat, it was he was first and it wasn't even close. Uh, a lot of those guys that pitched before him uh, or ahead of him, at least in the total strikeout uh, uh, leaderboard, they were all pitching about 70 innings. So he's still stuck around that 50. So a big thing that he needs to improve is his stamina. But over that stretch of August, September, October, 57 innings pitched, 42 hits allowed. He gave up 22 earned runs. He allowed 24 walks, struck out 88. Like I said, that was fifth best in the MLB. And he had an ERA of 3.47 and a FIP under three at 2.99. The reason why this happened was he found his release point. You look at his those those bi-monthly splits, and I, mean, I looked at brooksbaseball.net to find his average vertical release point and horizontal release point. And you look at what it was from April to May. And if you want to see these visually, uh, reach out to me on Twitter, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. But you can see that the pitches, and ideally you want them all to be basically one circle, right? You want to see overlap between the fastball. You want to see overlap between the changeup. You want to see overlap between the slider and curveball. You want to create tunneling. We know this. This we know. And in May and April, you can see why he had such struggles finding the strike zone. 
his release points were inconsistent and they weren't coming from the same arm slot. His slider was coming uh, much farther away than when he typically uh, released his his four seam. Where he would typically release his four seam, uh, that was much higher than his changeup and curveball, right? So it, it kind of looks like, in a way, you know, four truly separate dots, and, and the slider is completely away uh, from the, the fastball, curveball, and changeup. The fastball and changeup and curveball are, are somewhat close, but they're definitely separated. There's a gap. You go then to June to July, and it's it's somewhat similar with the slider. The slider's still far off. Uh, the The way that they show you, at least on the graph, is the horizontal release point for his slider is about at a negative two, and his fastball and his curveball and changeup are probably in between like you know negative one and a half. So there's a a pretty decent gap there. You know, probably a couple inches there between his release point of his three of his pitches, his fastball, changeup, and curveball, uh, compared to a slider. And his, his four-seam release point got a little bit higher, but it got tighter, right? They, they, they start to look more aligned, the, the fastball, the changeup, and the curveball. So while his results there, and we think back to his results from June to in July, he walked less batters from that span compared to the May and April split, walked 18 in that June-July span compared to 26 in that April and May span. And then you go to the great months of August, September, and October, and he pulled it in extremely tight. Now that slider is connecting uh, to that four-seam circle. That curveball and four-seam are basically coming out of the same spot. And he altogether, basically, uh, from what I can see, is you know, really minimized the change-up usage. And by, you know, minimize the changeup usage, I'm basically burying the lead and saying he stopped throwing it altogether. In July, he threw it 11% of the time. In August and September, he threw it 2% of the time. So now Dylan Cease is mainly fastball, slider, curveball. And it did wonders for him. He's throwing his best pitches. He's being aggressive. He's finding the release points. This is why I think there's big things for Dylan Cease in the future. We'll talk about it next here on Locked on Sox. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website at betonline.ag to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. I'm Sean Anderson, this is Locked on Sox, and we are continuing the Dylan Cease Love Fest, and here's the time for my hot take. It's a hot take alert. Gotta watch out. Gotta watch out. It's a hot take. Dylan Cease is going to be the best pitcher in 2020 for the Chicago White Sox. I said it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said it. I said it, everyone. Dylan Cease is going to be the best pitcher on the White Sox in 2022. I, Sean Anderson, said it. I said it. I said it. I said it. I'm sorry. I said it. And it, it comes from me being a little number freak, 
right? I, I love I love me some good numbers and the fact that you see that active spin data that I gave you where, again, Dylan Cease is one of four pitchers in 2021 with a spin that is faster than 2,500 rotations per minute on their fastball, more rotation than 2,800 rotations per minute on their slider, and more than 2,700 RPMs on their curveball. Dylan Cease, along with Corbin Burns, Julio Urias, and the most notable Rachel Luba uh, player or client uh, is on. Those are the four players that are on that list. And now that he's throwing his three best offerings and only his three best offerings, you talk about August, September, and October, 98% of the time he is throwing his three percent his his three best pitches. It was about 89%. Uh, before July, July and prior, it was around 89%. Now he's just throwing his best pitches and it showed he had his best month stretch in his career. He was the most dominant pitcher in the MLB at striking out people. Looking at the stats and looking at those bi-monthly splits, I really started to use those and use those repetitively because I think you understand and you saw the switch that he made of being more aggressive in April and May, he was hesitant. He didn't attack the zone like you'd wish he would. And then in June and July, it felt like he was more comfortable. He wasn't afraid if he was able to go out and have a bad start. If he was going to give up six runs in Cleveland, if he was going to give up six runs in, in Houston, he wanted to make sure that he was pitching his game, that he was trying his best, that he was putting the most effective stuff over the plate and making competitive at-bats. If guys hit the ball, it's baseball. You have to understand that. And I think Dylan Cease was trying to figure that out. I think Dylan Cease really, in that June to July months, understood what it meant to be aggressive, to attack the zone, to be a pitcher out on the mound. Dylan Cease has always had phenomenal stuff, but in August, I think he realized that he can truly use his dominant stuff to the best of his abilities. And I know it's not all, you know, daisies and sunshine. You look at his last start, game three of the ALDS, Threw 44 pitches, 20 of them were strikes. It's not a good ratio. Less than half of his pitches were strikes. And it was a very tough Houston team. It was a very, very, very difficult matchup. That Astro team is very good at hitting strikes, and that became Dylan Cease's goal, was to throw strikes, to be aggressive in the zone. This year, he had the highest zone percentage of his career at 47%. And you go back to that ALDS game, Game 3 against Houston, he started off in, in that game very well. He faced Jose Altuve, got him out in three pitches. He faced Michael Brantley, and he induced weak contact and got him out. That ball left the bat. A knuckle curve left the bat at 83.8 miles per hour. And then he had a, a Dylan Cease at bat against Alex Bregman. On the first pitch, he falls behind with a slider. one nothing. Then Bregman falls one off. Even count again, Cease falls behind. He throws a ball two and one. Then Bregman falls off another one, another even count. And what does Dylan Cease do here? What does Dylan Cease do when he finally gets his third even count of the at-bat? He attacks 100 miles per hour, swing and miss, one, two, three inning. And then the wheels started to come off in the second inning and he started to miss more and more. He got down and then ended up walking uh, Jordan Alvarez. Then he walks Cor uh, Carlos Correa in four pitches. Then Kyle Tucker hits a double. And at this point, the wheels fell off. 
So in that start in the ALDS game three, you saw good cease and you saw bad cease. And it's now about consistency. Again, I mentioned that he had the highest zone career of his percent at 47%. Like the White Sox shifting, he needs to do what's best. And he's starting to do that. He's throwing his best three pitches basically exclusively and throwing strikes is what works in this league. Guys aren't going to be able to hit Dylan Cease's stuff most of the time. There's a stat called CSW percent. It's called strikes plus whiff divided by pitches. You just call it CSW. It's created by pitcher list. And Cease was 16th in the MLB out of players who pitched at least 100 innings in 2021. 16th in the MLB for Cease at 31.6%. We're going to go bi-monthly again. Again, uh, throughout the entire season, 31.6%. In April and May, it was 31.4%. Then it went down to June and July at 30.6%. And then August, September, October, he was up to 32.8%, basically 33%. And Dylan Cease, if he's at that 33%, that 34% of called strikes and whiffs, and he's getting those 34% of the time out of his pitches, I mean, it's a Cy Young. (laughs) That's what you're looking at. And he was good in 2021 going through a lineup for a third time. A small sample size, but in 33 innings pitched, 11.7 strikeouts per nine innings and 2.18 walks. He had basically the same whip uh, from going through the uh, first time through the order and the second time through the order. His ERA wasn't that bad. I think if Dylan Cease is able to build up the stamina and lessen the balls, You're going to see a guy that can go seven innings with five or less hits, hopefully two or less walks, and you're going to get a chance at 10 strikeouts every time he pitches. This guy has dominant stuff, and I do think that he can win a Cy Young. I do question if a White Sox pitcher can win the Cy Young, though. You can look at Zach Wheeler in the NL. It was close between him and Corbin Burns, and if Zach Wheeler, Wheeler had the Brewers' defense, it might be Zach Wheeler with that award. The Phillies had the worst defense in the league, and the White Sox were, I think, 28th, so they're not too far behind. So if we see some shifting, we also might see a Cy Young, because Dylan Cease, in my mind, has the best arsenal of any White Sox pitcher, and I think he really found the mindset to be that great pitcher that I think we all know that he can. And it's it's really exciting for the White Sox. It's a sign of what Ethan Katz can do. It's a sign of what Lance Lynn did for these young pitchers, and it's a sign that Dylan Cease... His mindfulness, his yoga, and his hard work have paid off. And it's going to be a really, really exciting year in 2022 for Dylan Cease. This is Locked on Sox, your first listen every day. Tomorrow, we got some Friday fun programming. AO, TGIF. Now, make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Talk to you tomorrow on Locked On Socks.